Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome, everybody. This is a special edition of our Indie Reads Aloud podcast. I love these events. I have such a great time bringing authors and their brand new book babies out to you. Tonight, we're going to be visiting with Gabriel Miro. He has a brand new book out. And, and I have to say, Gabe, we're, we're kind of lying a little bit when we say it's brand new. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, okay, it's it's not a complete lie. It's it's a minor fabrication because yeah, yeah, yeah. a little white this, lie. Yeah, well, you published this book some time ago, and yep, 2019. then twenty nineteen. So you and I sat down, we looked at it, and we found some ways that maybe we could no. make it a little better, and so yep. we did that. Yes, we did. Um, and uh, I I think it turned out great. I think the improvements you. that you've added to this book are just fantastic. Thank you. I, I love the depth that you were able to get into. Um, and I'm, I'm just really, really happy to have worked with you as an editor. You were a joy to work with. So well, thank, thank you. you. So were you. I appreciate all your help. Yeah, I, I, you're a joy to work with. And I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad that we did that together. So thank for you, those of you who are wondering, um, Gabriel's book is called Witched. It is a novel. Um, I'm just gonna read the little thingy for you. 20 year old Graham Norris relocates to the small town of Willow's Crest with his mother and autistic brother to escape his abusive stepfather. His grandmother, is it Geneva or Ganerva? Ginevra. Ginevra. See, I still got it wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is what happens when you have a hearing disability, you pronounce words weird. It's all right. Um, she's happy to take them in, but she's harboring secrets of her own. When Graham meets the enigmatic Erasmus, a door is opened up to the world that he never knew existed, a world in which he can excel. Love, magic, and fantasy ensue. And this, this really is a fun book. And I got to say, it is the first in a series. So this yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. So welcome, Gabriel. Thank you for All taking right. the time out of your crazy, horrible, <laughs> crazed schedule. And I'm so glad to see that you're feeling better today. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. So tell me, what was the inspiration for this book? Well, I've, where I've where always, did you get the sorry. idea? I've always liked that genre, like witches and stuff and vampires. And, you know, one day I... I vividly remember I was I was at work making dough and I was just thinking of a way that I could write my own in that genre 
And you know, I started putting ideas down and then uh, you know, I'm kind of catching myself like, but that's how everybody else does it. You're doing everything that everybody else does. Why don't you do something differently? Right. So I started changing stuff. Like initially the main character was gonna be a woman because they always are in that genre. And I went, no, you know, let's make him a guy. Let's, you know, let's see what happens there. And then, you know, as I started building the character more, I'm like, but the hero of the story is usually not the socially awkward, like weird guy. It's always the, you know, the confident person or the popular person, not the person who doesn't have any friends, not the person who doesn't feel good about themselves. Right. So I started working that in, you know, Instead of a yeah, sidekick, be the hero. Why can't the sidekick ever get the get the yeah, spotlight? Yeah, it's it's unusual for the underdog to become the hero with the grace that you've given Graham. Thank you, thank you. I tried. <laughs> yeah, no, I, tried. I think you did a great job with it, and I thank love you. your supporting characters as well. Well, um, thank you. You've yeah. created a really fun cast of people to play with, and and people that we get to know. So it it, it is a lot of fun. Um, thank you why vampires why not sea hags or or you know abominable snowmans or whatever why why did you choose vampires i think there's a certain romanticism with vampires that there isn't with other supernatural beings i think that was my main draw i mean i know you know the whole vampire thing's been done a million times again but i wanted to make that different too you know, that's what influenced me growing up, you know, watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, Angel and Spike and just all those yeah. cool characters. And I wanted to put my own spin on that. Yeah, I think you did it really well. Thank you. Um, I like that. Also, I, I think there's a character, a subplot character in this book, Graham's younger brother. Brent, um, yeah. And Brent, and he is autistic. And I... Yeah. I thought that you wrote him with a great deal of dignity. And I'm, I'm wondering where you got the idea to include an autistic character in your book. To be, to be honest, a lot of Graham and a lot of that whole family dynamic is inspired by my own family. Okay. My little brother is autistic. I took care of him a lot when I was in high school. So I kind of used that. It's a storyline. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, my mom is not as crazy as the mother in the book is at times. Yeah. But I mean, if everybody's nice and gets along, then it's just boring. There has to be some kind of drama and some kind of contention to move the plot forward. So, you know, I had to play with a couple of things, but I really drew a lot from just my own life. That's awesome. I and, mean, you know, we hear it over and over again in, in craft uh workshops conversations they you know we're always told write what you know and uh and that that's a good foundation to start from especially with a debut novel and i think you did that really really well here i appreciate that thank you yeah um so i'm gonna open up the room everybody feel free to turn on your microphones um if any of you have i know that we haven't really um gotten into the depth of the plot here um, but I know that some of you know Gabriel, um, and if you have any questions that you'd like to start out the night with, just to kind of be icebreakers, and then we'll get into the book a little bit more. Um, Chelsea? 
Yeah, so I know, Diana, you mentioned too at the beginning of this that it was going to, this was his first book in a series. Um, and I know Gabe has mentioned it before as well. So Gabe, um, how many books right now do you anticipate this series being? For these characters, I imagine it is four books. And then I want to do like a whole other series that's kind of like alternate universe, maybe. Without giving too much away, because that would spoil the ending. But yeah. And there and for those of you who are wondering, yes, book two is in edit right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a long one. <laughs> it it is, but uh, we're we're having fun with it. Oh um, yeah. So anybody else have any questions for Gabriel, real quick? Can I ask one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask as okay. many as you want. I love answering questions. <laughs> All right. So I love, 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 love the cover. And I know um, working with Diana myself that she's amazing with, with making covers. But um, what was the um, direction that you were thinking for the cover? What was the inspiration? Um, was there a certain mood you were trying to convey with it? Like, what was your thought process on like, yes, this is the cover. I mean, it's phenomenal. You picked, you picked really, a really good one. Well, thank you. Do you want the story from like the beginning up until we chose that one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So initially the original release, I think you have that one was just a picture of my cat because she, I love her more than anything in the world. And, and, and she does play a big part in this book. Oh yeah. And yeah. like all of them. So I yeah. was like, what better? There's no copyright. I can use a picture of my cat. And it has the whole witchy vibe already. So I didn't really have to do much editing to it. It was just, you know, that. And then when I started working with you, Diana, we started looking at other options. And then I remember for a while we were going to have me draw. Mm -hmm. And that didn't pan out which is fine because you know it's, this is so much really better. it's really an interesting process that cover design goes through oh, yeah. um so many people think you choose one cover and you're done right but chelsea after having worked with me you know it it takes several drafts of a cover before you finally figure one that you really really like um and gabriel brought to me i asked him one day i said talk to me about the theme that you want most to come across when people read this book. And he said, well, it's a love story. It is a love story. And I said, well, okay, then we have to have a book that says this is a love story. And the last third of the book takes place in um, someplace that might be interpreted as hell, depending on which religion you ascribe to. Um, <laughs> and so, I married those two thoughts together and that's how we got this cover. It's and gorgeous. you did it perfectly gorgeous. because, you know, when I look at the cover, I see somebody holding on to love as like a last hope or like the one thing to keep them going. And that is so perfect. Yeah, that, that really is the, the ultimate theme in this book. It's, it's the character Graham who discovers love for the first time and discovers that it's his forever love. So um, I really wanted that to come across in this book. And and the next book, the cover is going to be different. It's going to be, you know, yeah, but that one's not, so, that one's not so happy. That one's a little bit more sad, but. Well, you know, everything, right. everything has to happen in stages, right? All right. I mean, stages of life. Right. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean you're going to be with them forever. Well, there's that. 
Um, <laughs> or you could be, who knows? Spoilers. <laughs> Anybody else have questions before we get into the reading? No? Okay, I'm sure we're gonna have more questions after you do the reading, Gabe. Okay. People are, people are gonna have more stuff that comes into their brains. So um, if you would please take the microphone and read aloud for us. Okay, do you want me to like set the scene? No, just read it. It's much more fun if you just jump in and read it, don't you think? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, start on a cliff, end on a cliff, right? I, I am negotiable. I will do whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> As I'm walking out of my American history class, Amethyst manifests by my side. If we don't hurry, we'll be spending most of our lunch in line, she says. I don't eat, I inform her, looking down at my feet. I can tell that by looking at you, she laughs. Eating's good for you, but I'm not your mom. I won't make you. But do you want to grab us a table instead then? Sounds like a plan. My high school didn't have a cafeteria. Lunch was held in the commons. We also had three lunch periods to accommodate the large number of students in the school. Burnham University has a proper cafeteria like we had back in elementary school. Instead of the round black tables back home, Burnham has the traditional long brown ones. I sit down at a vacant table in the front row. I can see Amethyst waiting to pay for her wrap and fries. She waves exuberantly as I pull my sketch pad out of my messenger bag. Back in high school during lunch, I used to work on homework from previous classes instead of eat, since I don't eat, but I don't have any homework yet and I can't read my book because Amethyst would be upset. So I decide to draw. I've been drawing for as long as I can remember. I wouldn't say that I'm exceptionally talented at it, but I am better than most untrained people. Since kindergarten, I've taken art classes and it has helped me immensely. My art teacher back home, Mrs. Rinky, taught me so much. She taught me how to do shading properly, that the eyes are placed in the exact center of the head, and that the distance between the eyes is equal to that width of one eye. I'll never be good enough to make a career out of it, but it's a fun hobby. Amethyst sits down across from me, her tray exuding the delicious smell of greasy fries. My stomach grumbles hungrily and a wave of nausea washes over me. I will the bile not to come up. Are you sure you don't want a bite of my wrap? It's chicken bacon ranch, Amethyst says, holding the unbitten half out toward me. No, thanks. I say, I'm Jewish, no, no pork. Oh, you're Jewish, that's so cool. I've never met an actual Jew before. I'm an atheist. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, I think my favorite part about Judaism is we believe that heaven has an open door policy. So no matter your faith, if you're a good person, you can get into heaven. I love that. So why don't you eat? Amethyst queries, plopping a golden fry into her mouth. I have issues, I reply. I don't really want to go into detail. It's embarrassing to admit that I have a spastic colon. Anorexia, she guesses, her voice devoid of judgment. I appreciate that more than I can possibly fathom. I wish it were that simple. I laugh bitterly, it's, it's my stomach. Say no more. Amethyst holds both hands up and surrender. I smile gratefully that she doesn't wanna delve deeper into my neuroses and gastrointestinal ailments. I flip through my sketch pad to my last semi-completed drawing. It's Piper and Phoebe Hallowell and Paige Matthews from Charmed. It's one of my favorite TV shows and I love to draw the book and DVD covers. I start to darken the pencil of Piper's long hair. What's that? Amethyst asks, peering up over the rims of her glasses. 
I can't help but wonder if this technique actually helps her see better or if it's just a force of habit. I move past the pads so that, she, oh, sorry. I move the pad so that she can see it better. Wow, that's really good. Thanks. I'm pretty sure even my ears turn red at the compliment. My mom loves that show. She has them all on DVD, one episode per disc. She rolls her eyes dramatically. One episode per disc, biceps have three episodes per disc at least, mostly four. Oh, she has burned copies. Oh, okay. Yeah, she didn't know you could put more than one episode per disc. Her face goes dark as if recalling something bad. When I was 16, she, uh, she got in a car accident. She suffered major brain damage. I've been on my own ever since. I'm sorry, I say sincerely. Can't imagine having something terrible like that happen to my mom. It's fine. She lives with my grandparents. Where do you live? I have my own apartment in town. That's pretty awesome. I'm impressed. So you never told me where you lived before. Oh, Chesterfield, Michigan. Where's that? Oh, it's a suburb about a half hour south of Detroit. Amethyst knits her brow. If you're from Detroit, then why are you white? I burst out into laughter. Amethyst is paraphrasing a quote from Mean Girls. I'm actually from Detroit. Really, what are the chances of that? We're both from the Detroit area and now we're here in Willow's Crest. Looks like we're destined to be friends. It's Bashert. I smile at her. So, you like witches? Like is an understatement. I have loved witches for as long as I can remember. Some of my earliest memories are watching The Wizard of Oz and idolizing the Wicked Witch of the West. Since then, if it involves witches, it's great by me. Love, I answer simply. I'm a witch, and with this states matter-of-factly. That's cool. I've always wanted to try witchcraft for real, but I have been halted by the ingredients and the tools needed to do most spells. Are you into witchcraft? I think it's interesting, I reply. I tried a few spells back in middle school. What were they? Did they work? She looks at me intensely. Simple stuff, really, I shrug. Make it rain, stop the rain, warm myself up, lose weight. Oh, one time, I did a stupid spell on my little brother to give him the mind of a frog. And before you ask, no, he does not hop around the house and eat flies. I snicker. Did the others work? I like to think that they worked. Who knows? Maybe when I did the rain ones, it was supposed to rain or stop raining. The heat one. I remember that one vividly. It was winter and I was walking to my bus stop. You know how cold Michigan winters are. Amethyst nods in agreement. I was getting colder and colder and I remembered the spell I'd seen online. I chanted it five times and suddenly felt this intense burst of warmth in my chest. I shrug again, but whether the spell actually worked or if it was psychological, who can say? Amethyst slides the last of the wrap into her mouth, chews and swallows. I think they all worked, except for the frog one. I know this sounds crazy, but when we met yesterday, I felt an intense power within you. <laughs> intense power in me? Come on. I laugh. I suffer from extreme anxiety. The only power I possess is the intense power to make myself a nervous wreck. You have to be more confident, Amethyst encourages. You're seriously so much more than you think you are. I frown at her questioningly and she smiles. I'm an empath. I can feel your self-doubt. I don't know what to say. I check my watch. It's getting time to head to my next class. I have never been so thankful to be interrupted. I think we'll stop there unless you want me to keep going. That sounds great to me. 
Um, so if you haven't already noticed everybody, thank you, Gabriel. Great reading. Thank you. Um, Gabriel's reading um, is indicative of the whole book. There's a lot of really great interactive um, communication in here, a lot of conversations that get to the heart of these characters. And this book falls into a genre which we call new adult. So it's that transition of young adult into full-fledged adult. Um, so first couple of years of college is about where we stand in this. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I was wondering, Gabe, if you could tell me a little bit about where you got um, the ideas for the magic. I know that in one place in the book, there's a seance that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's not a traditional seance, which I like. It's not, you know, a bunch of people sitting around in a dark room with right. you know, chanting with candles. Yeah, weirdness. Um, it's just two people who um, invite a grandparent spirit into the room. It's very cool. So I was wondering, where did you get the magical elements? How much research did you do to find those? I didn't have to do a lot because, as I've said, like this has been my thing forever. So I do know enough about it and then I have friends who actually practice so I could ask them like hey if if this were to happen what do I need to you do what do I need to do to make it you know as believable as I can without right. making it too fantastical to where it's like lampooning the situation yeah yeah the last thing you want to do for any religion is create right. farce right right you know and you know since that is such a big part of the book I wanted to portray it as realistically as I could, you know, because in this universe, it is actually happening. Right. And then I just kind of did stuff that I would like to do in real life. Okay. Like, you know, if I could <laughs> summon my grandma Mary and have a little chat with her, you know, that'd be great. Awesome. Um, did somebody want to interject something? I thought I heard somebody say something. Nope. Okay. Um, so I know I'm going to put you on the spot here, but okay. <laughs> I would love to hear just a little bit more. Do you have a second piece that you could read for us? I can find something really quickly. Okay, great. Um, I know we were talking about another scene, um, that might be interesting. Maybe that seance scene. I'm not sure if you had uh, it marked or not. I can um, find it. We can, if you want. It's it's a little bit more adult. I think there is some mention I, to something, but <laughs> I I can definitely put it in the show notes that uh, that that we've got a listener advisory. If you'd like to do that, we can certainly do that. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I don't think there's any swearing. It's just it mentions um, medicinal marijuana. But I mean, <laughs> recreational <me> marijuana. <laughs> well, I'm I'm using it. It's it's medicinal. Mm, got it. Okay. It's magic weed. Got it. <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying to find this. I'm trying to find. I know it's on Halloween, so let me. While he's flipping through, can I just say like how yeah. impressed I am with like how authentic your characters sound? Like their Thank conversations. Are, I can believe that it's two like young adults, two older teenagers. Like that sounds like how they would talk. So like I just think like a lot of credit for you to making it sound absolutely authentic. Thank you. Yeah, like I, I could actually, totally like I'm working at a middle school right now and I could totally see like even some of like my students like like it's it's not like so far like it was it's well, very believable. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um it helps that I'm still mentally like a teenager. So. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'm still hip. Gosh, so, where um, was that? as you're as you're looking for that scene, Gabe. Yes. Um, we. And and maybe we can just segue into this. And you could do the reading a little bit um, when you find it. But um, we posted a couple of fun little contests, games, silliness. One of them was to cast this book as a film based on simple character descriptions. Yes. Um, that was kind of fun to play with. Um, where Barbara. Okay. When Sorry. when Barbara had to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't get a, a lot of people submit for these silly little games, which is fine. Chelsea is always up for a game, and she did that, which is great. Um, but um, I'm curious about who did you <laughs> who would you cast, Gabe? Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm most especially interested in. Um, the main character Graham, okay, and Erasmus, who is his love interest, mm -hmm. and I'm really interested. Oddly enough, and I don't think we had this in the game, was the character of the evil stepfather. Okay, Don. Yeah, I actually I never thought of. I have to think about that one, but for Graham, I mean, in my mind, it would be me because he's so much like me that. In a perfect world, I would get to play him. But if I couldn't, I liked, I mean, Chelsea knew she was going to win that when she put Ben Platt because he's my favorite <laughs> human being. So, like, obviously, that would be the greatest honor in the world to have Ben Platt play yeah. me. So, that's, you know, and then <sighs> funny story about Erasmus was originally based off of. <laughs> A customer I had that I kind of like fancied from afar and then I kind of realized that wasn't going to go anywhere and then I started listening to Panic at the Disco a lot and I was like wow Brendan Urie's like a really cool guy like he's good looking he's so talented he'd make a great vampire so again Chelsea was spot on with that one what what I find interesting and I noticed this especially in Chelsea's submissions for her um for her cast and then um you and i've talked about this before um you both love musical theater oh yeah and I, <laughs> I find it very interesting that when you guys are casting this you're thinking musical theater not film right <laughs> right and there in case the witches need to burst into song or something right. I mean, like, sometimes you have that to do a magical hand. spell that'll yeah. you know, be musical or and you know. and so when i when i saw chelsea's cast list today i thought okay wait a minute what would a song and dance number in hell really look like oh it would be <laughs> it, um probably not be safe for work let me put it that way <laughs> it'd be really hot It'd be really hot. There'd probably be some twerking, maybe some like yeah. chains, chain stuff. Maybe like a light version of like the Hellraiser Cenobite leather guard. Not, not like, light? not like, uh, um, help me, Andrew Frankenfurter. It could um, be. Yeah, that would definitely be, in there. be some well, thank you and some fishnets and just shenanigans for no reason yeah <laughs> i just i just like to be silly and i like to push the envelope a little bit without going too far over so i mean anything i could do that would just 
be hilarious and get people talking would be would be okay all right um so we have some other writers in the room um definitely andrew chelsea um i don't know um if the other people in the room are writers as well but do you guys have any writing craft question you guys know me i could talk about writing craft all night long um but do you guys have any writing craft questions that come to mind that you might like to pose to gabriel Not to like take wow. over anything, but wow. I do have a no, uh, go ahead, Chelsea, uh, and then I'll follow <laughs> you. Um, I just know like the the name Erasmus, like like is so unique, and I just was wondering like what where was your inspiration for those names? Um, because again, everything else is like super authentic, but then Erasmus as being a um a vampire and stuff, like it's, right. it is a very exotic name, and I think it's very fitting well, for his you know, character. He is like you know four thousand years old. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But like that's like I've never even heard that name before, so I'm just like wondering where's the inspiration for like amethyst, erasmus. Those are like not as common right. as like you know Joe or Sally or something. Right. Part of that stems from growing up, and my mom always hated like really common names, and so it's kind of embedded in me. Like when I name my cats or whenever I you know when I do write, I try to give them kind of unique names, and that name for Erasmus just kind of popped up I don't really know where I had heard it maybe once or twice before but I don't know where it is a real name I think there might be a Saint Erasmus or something if memory serves but it's it's like a Greek I think it like is derived from Greek which I, I love of course and then the character of Amethyst is based on one of my very close friends Amanda and she's super into like crystals and she's one of the ones that kind of practices she's like a she, I don't think she considers herself a Wiccan, but like a pagan. And just Amethyst stuck with me. This, she has Amethyst crystals. And then the other names just kind of came as I went along. It's kind of pop, you know, people I like that have kind of more unique names, I guess. Like uh, there's a, a minor character, Marina. I named her after Marina Sirtis from Star Trek. I, I'm and, sure she would appreciate that. You need to send her a copy of the book. I would love to. I think you should. Uh, actually, I gave a copy of my books to a couple of actors recently. Just show up at a con and hand her the book. Right. I've done that too. I did that with the original version of this book to Freema Adjaman because I wrote a character inspired by her in book two. And she loved it. And then I gave one to Ben Platt when I met him. And then... I think that's all for this one. I gave a couple of my poetry books to like, I sent one to Liza Minnelli and I sent one to Sarah Jessica Parker. Fun. But I would like to just start sending them to everybody. Everybody that I'm a fan of, just be like, here, read it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it were, I mean, eventually someone will, someone will pay attention. All it takes <laughs> is one. Right, that's, that's what I'm banking on. Any questions from you, Andrew? Inquisitive mind that you are. I have several questions. Uh, you, uh, at the start, you made note that you kind of went a little bit different uh, because you you picked different people. Uh, the genre as a whole is an interesting genre. What did you go outside that genre at all, and uh, or did you stay within the myths? 
So are, are you pulling a sparkly vampire anywhere or are you staying pretty close to traditional lore? Kind of midway, to be honest with you. The vampires don't sparkle, for sure, none of that. The sunlight still kills them, but crosses don't do anything. Garlic doesn't do anything. They can't fly, they can't turn into bats, they can't. Uh, it's it, this book is um very contemporary and it has a strong lgbt theme so mm -hmm. it is very lgbtq uh friendly um so that that would make the vampires a little bit different well yep that too yep for sure i was waiting for shelby's cat to fall there for a second <laughs> <laughs> It was balancing precariously. Oh, uh, I missed it. Um, it was a good, uh, so uh, with that, uh, I mean, being uh, friendly to one side or the other, were you all inclusive? Were you, uh, because I've read uh, many LGBTQA inclusive books that pretty much shun everybody else. And I've read them that are inclusive of everybody. It just contains, how did you approach that? I tried to do the best I could. It's, there's, you know, there's several straight characters. There's a gay character, a bi character, a pan character. In book three, there's a trans witch. And that's kind of as far as I went with that, I think. I tried not to go too overboard. Did it? But not, you know, trot on over anybody. As you, as you approach that, did you, was the story a focus or was the inclusivity a focus or how, how did you approach the whole idea? It was more the story and just because I based so many of the characters off of people I know or I, were inspired by people I know, I just kind of worked that into it mm -hmm. instead of make like I have to, you know, have to tick a box for I have to have one of everything, you know. I wanted it to be like a real story. They didn't feel like things were shoehorned into it just to get readers or to not offend anybody. Right, yeah, I remember when we were going through the edits, we were talking about um, not having token characters. All right, and I don't like, want- All of the characters that are in this book are there for a reason because they have some sort of relationship to Graham. Right. And and I think that was that was the thing that really drew me to this story is that it wasn't a um, it wasn't a well let's let's write a socially acceptable book simply to have a socially acceptable book. I, I right. think that the story around Graham and and his personal struggles right with anxiety and relationships. I think that's yeah. more the focus than the community that you tried to include. Right. And that, that was a big reason why I, I agreed to take on this project is because I, I think that for me, story is everything, so. All right, um, yeah, for sure, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Um, me too, I just, I, I'm always curious because I, I've read so many books lately that it seems like they just try to put characters in so that I can say that I did this, but right. not necessarily to further the story. Uh, where you look at it and say, whoa, this fits, this makes good sense. Uh, right. that's, I, that's what I tried to do because I don't like it when they do that either. Like TV shows, all of a sudden, you know, like 
Glee started turning everybody gay all of a sudden, I was just like, that, that's fine, but yeah, you, know, you can also have people who aren't gay. Yeah, it, it's it supposed just, to be a show about, you know, a group of kind of high school outcasts that doesn't automatically mean you're gay or transgender or bisexual. You yeah, can just me. be awkward or you can just be, you know, the kid who doesn't apply himself. Or the kid who succeeds but likes to right. sing, right? right? Right. I mean, you know, I, I just want to kind of spotlight everybody if I can. Yeah. Tell me an amazing story that explains love. I don't care if it's anybody. Just explain love more effectively. Right. right. Yeah, that, that's what I tried to do. You know, I'm a firm believer that sexuality is not a personality trait. No, falling in love isn't right. It's, you know. it's real yeah. love doesn't depend on sexuality, but right, and that's, that's my you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I've, I've always felt that way, and I tried very hard to keep it that way in my story. Where you know, yeah, some of these people are gay or whatever, but that's one small fraction of who they are. They're all multifaceted characters, they all have their own little quirks and their own so, funny little side plots yeah so one of the fun things that you did with this book um that i'm i'm very interested to see how we work it into the next two books is the idea of time manipulation okay yeah um and and i think you handled this really nicely there's a a span of three what feels like three days that turns out to be longer and then there's a moment in the book where one of the characters actually pauses time. Yes. So my curiosity was, uh, what, where did you draw those boundary lines so that you didn't get caught up in a time travel story rather than a love story? So how did you decide, okay, I'm coming to the edge here, time to pull back? or this is too much weirdness, let's make it more real. How did you draw those boundaries for yourself? When I was initially, you know, writing it, I had no idea how it was gonna end. And then, I don't wanna spoil it, but the chunk that you're talking about, the three day thing, I wanna say that's kind of like from Greek mythology. So I kind of, you know, use that. But I also didn't, you know, I think of like, what would I want to read if I was reading a book? Something like that, that's a huge, like that changes everything in the book. Once you read that part, mm -hmm. it's not going to be 10 pages. It's not going to be a chapter. I, you know, I probably could have made it longer and it would have been fine, but I was comfortable with, you know, at least a good like 50 pages I felt was enough time to devote for, you know, after so much buildup. And I tried to, you know, make it realistic, not drag too much, but not cut it too short. Right. And then, and then the other instance of freezing time, that was actually your idea. If, well, no, no, actually, well. No, it was, it was your idea. I okay, just helped, I remember you, now. I yeah, helped yeah. you fine tune it, but it was your okay, idea, 100%. Right. Okay, well, that was, that was to explain, that was just a way to keep the cat in the story. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> You can't kill the poor kitty. <laughs> okay, I was I was wondering if you were actually going to cop to that. <laughs> I I own it. Okay, like when I did my first interview and I told you it's a love story between a boy and his cat. That is, yes, yeah. it's a love story, like romantic love, but also this whole book is 
just all about my cat. I love her so much. Yeah. She's here somewhere and I'm waiting for her to pop up, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, she's my child. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm, I'm a huge animal lover. And so I was concerned about how, um, the story was going to evolve if the cat who ends up being Graham's familiar, right. Yeah. Um, how she was gonna end up in the story. And, and I was, I was curious as I was going through it on the first edit pass, how you were going to not kill off the animal. Cause right. I don't, I don't like stories well, yeah. that kill off the animal. <laughs> no, I don't even like it. Like in video games, when you have to kill an animal and I get emotionally upset. Yeah. I'll yeah. human beings all day long and not, not care, but <laughs> not the innocent bunny rabbit, not the deer. You kill right. the gun. Yeah, can you, so those of you who know me, can you imagine when my son was seven or eight years old and and he wanted to play Nintendo version of Duck Hunt? Oh. It's got a dog hunting ducks with a gun. <laughs> and he's like, mom, come in, look, I got like 15 ducks in a row. And I was like, yeah, that does not impress me. Go back to like, go back to shooting the bad guys. <laughs> right? For real. Um, yeah, so I was, I, I thought that was cool. So I'm, Thanks. I'm interested in, and, and I know I want to dangle some little pieces for the next two books. Okay. So I'm interested in, are there going to be animals other than cats in the upcoming books? And if not, can you think of ways to include them? I definitely intend to. Uh, we are restructuring book two so much now. Mm-hmm. So I think probably I'm going to have to completely scrap at least like the last third of it maybe and do a whole other, pl- I want to get rid of the whole plot line. I don't like that with where we are now. So I might, there. in the initial timeline, we'll call it my timeline, book three introduces, there's like a council of witches called the Consortium of Magic. And that's where I wrote some really great characters that I, I love. I like, I love writing them. And it's that they live, they have a secret headquarters in the Bermuda Triangle and they're just, just witches from all over the world. There's, there's witches from India, there's witches from England, there's tribal witches, you know, just everything that you can imagine. So if I introduce them in book two now earlier, they can have familiars and, you know, it can be kind of more like a Harry Potter, you know, you know, some people have a rat, some people have an owl, you could have a snake. No, oh, you can't have snake. a snake. No, you can't have a snake. Well, I Gabriel, don't like snakes. I'm terrified of snakes, but, Gabriel, you know, the evil witches can have them. Gabriel, you can write about Miss Mabel. I can write about Miss Mabel. <laughs> you can have Miss Mabel. Who is Miss Mabel? Miss Mabel is her pet rat. Oh, see, rats work. They have appendages. I'm okay with that. Yeah, we saw we saw Mabel's distant relatives when we were in New York. Yeah, three of them. Burying after the pizza on the street. <laughs> you you have to remember, Gabriel. I'm editing for you, so no, I'm sorry. You cannot have snakes in your books. That's fine. I don't like them. Okay, what is good. this like, Scrooge? She, <laughs> she's hey, picked dangles and string. Have other animals. <laughs> And don't have a snake. No, she doesn't get that snake. Be more inclusive, but forget the snakes. You know, we all have our limits in life, Gabe. <laughs> I, I, if I saw one, I'd be out the door. So I, I'm right there with you. Good, good. I'm glad that we, um, 
I'm glad that we can have a meeting in the minds on that. Oh, yeah, I have a sure. story for you. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Andrew, I've only been able to read that once. <laughs> I haven't been able to read. Andrew wrote a very interesting snake story. Oh, send it to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, we are getting close to the end of our time tonight. So I was wondering, does anybody else have any other questions, comments, intrigues um, for Gabriel tonight? Have... Go ahead, Jocelyn first. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say my comment for Gabriel is he's such a beautiful writer and I'm blessed he's a part of my life. Well, thank you, Jocelyn. I'm blessed too. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to go back to New York with you. December, baby. December, baby. <laughs> Watch out, Big Apple. <laughs> Cosmos, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah, so dangerous. <laughs> um, anybody else have anything else for Gabriel before we wrap yep. things up tonight? Since, yes, since he dangled the string yes. uh, out there, uh, you're going to throw four into the mix and then potentially go alternate. Are you thinking dark side, light side, Marvel side, DC side, uh, Piers Anthony side? I mean, what are you, what are you thinking for alter alternate here? I'm going to try to answer this without spoiling anything because the answer in itself is kind of a spoiler, I guess. Uh, it's also a good reason for people to read. So go ahead. Yeah. I intend the, I'm calling it AU, but it's basically like an alternate timeline. But Graham will not be in that timeline. So someone else will be the super special witch. I like writing her character a lot more. And I think she deserves to be the star. She deserves the spotlight. Oh. So I would like for her to kind of take over the helm and have her own storyline. And I mean, I guess that kind of brings it back to it. You know, it's usually a woman in that genre. But I, I just love her character so much. And she, you know, she's a woman of color. And I just think she deserves, she deserves to be at the front of the train. I mm -hmm. love writing her character. I love that's just, that's a really great teaser. Yes. I like yeah. it. But she's not until book two, so don't don't get too excited. Yeah, we we have to finish the edit on that. Yeah, I'm probably gonna rename her too. So we will we'll see what happens there. Brad? No. Sorry? Fred. <laughs> Fred. 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 Fred is such a good name. She's English. Oh, well then. Oh, Frederica? Frederica. Frederica? Her name. Roderick. Her, her name right now is Anaya, but I think I might change it to Aeneas. Because I, I realized as I keep writing all these like women witches, they all have like an uh at the end of their name. Like there's Ginevra, there's Anaya, there's Esmina, there's Elvina. It's, just, it, it's repetitive and I want to try to pick different names that are still unique, but don't all have the, the ending. There's right. a reason for that. 
yeah so we will latin. we will see what happens what i can come up with i mean it's it's all based on latin roots uh is feminine and us is masculine and right. um is neutered so right might have to make some neutered characters <laughs> uh -huh. <That'd> be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and and most importantly, it's important to keep your editor on their toes so that they always watch for continuity and name spelling. Yes, yes, yes. So why not change their names? Go ahead. Why? I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be only high maintenance, but oh, it's all right. So it's just a matter of changing. Often, yeah. It's a matter of changing the, the preferential dictionary. It's fine. all right. I mean, how often do you get a chance to go back and fix? something and do it again you know what i mean like what, usually you do it once quite a lot well, I mean, <laughs> okay well if you publish like you know you publish, stephen king's not going to republish you know the stand and rename all the characters he could. maybe he will who knows i mean not know. that i'm comparing myself to stephen king but, but i mean you never know you know i always feel like you get one shot and i'm very blessed and fortunate that i get a chance to go back and kind of make everything better because I did everything on my own the first time. And it's one of the wonders of independent publishing is you get to have that control. And nobody tells me what to do. Right. At the end of the day, I have final say. <laughs> so wrapping up tonight, um, because Chelsea was all sorts of conscientious and on top of everything and and Chelsea decided that she's just going to throw her hat into every ring we threw at her. Um, we had two little games, two little contests. Um, the first one was the um, cast of film ad adaptation of the book simply based on the characters. We put the character descriptions on the website and asked um, everyone to submit their cast. And um, because Chelsea was the only one who did it, Chelsea wins! Woo! <laughs> great how that works. <laughs> Um, and so the great, talented. Now, the great thing about this, Chelsea being an independent author herself, she's working toward this immortal in writing thing. Um, and I know this because the winner of this little game um, gets to design a character in book two, which is entitled The Impossible Year. So Chelsea and Gabriel get to sit down and create a character together. That'll be terrific fun oh yeah i'm looking forward to it chelsea being a horror writer you know who knows what the two of them are going to come up with that's okay i write horror too so could be anything might and, be very dark and then also chelsea won our second game <laughs> which was to write a witch's spell um to uh, to be included in book two. And just for giggles, because we have a couple of minutes left, I'm going to read Chelsea's spell for you. Um, I am I'm pulling it up here. Let me find it. Here it is. You ready, Chelsea? Do you want to read it, Chelsea? Do you have it in uh. front of you? No. Okay. I'll read it for you. <laughs> or Gabriel, do you have it in front of you? Do you want to read it? Or I might be able to pull it up on my laptop real quick if you give me a, a moment. 
because I stuffed it in your Facebook Messenger, so it's right there yep. looking for you. And Messenger so, is open from when we were trying to get me into this conversation. So why don't so, you go ahead and read it since it's your book? I mean, if Chelsea doesn't want the honor, I will. I will gladly take that baton. Awesome. Go for it. Find it here. Where is It'll it? It'll sound better coming from you. <laughs> oh, no. You're a better writer than I am. It's not it. I definitely drafted it while I was supposed to be paying attention at a PD meeting. <laughs> I love that. I love a little bit of mischief. Oh, oh, okay. I found it. And we have a guest to sit with me. This is not the cat in the book, but she's another one of my babies. Okay. The flame of a candle's light to burn away my plight. As the wax begins to drip, the winds of change begin to flip. The dwindling wick proves its might to patch the damage of this night. Blow out this candle with thy lip so that fate's scale may tip. That is so well, good. That is better than any spell I wrote for that book, Chelsea, seriously. So that spell, Lucky Chelsea, is going to be included in book two, The Impossible Year. So Chelsea's gonna, she might have to have co-writing credit on this book, Gabriel. I am okay with that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Before we go for the night, thank you everybody for coming. Thank you for supporting Gabriel on his um, independent author journey. I know he appreciates it as much as I do. Yes. Thank you um, so much. Last, anything from anyone for Gabriel before we leave? Thanks Shelby. for the invite. You're amazing, Sorry. Gabe. I love oh. you. Thank you. I love you too. I love you all. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you're not wearing the little white jacket. It's okay. You don't have to hug yourself. <laughs> it's okay. I can break out of them. <laughs> I have no doubt. Gabe's still the literary Madonna after all these years. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be a little bit provocative. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, going to Chelsea's house, Lionel engines behind you? Oh, yeah, those are trains. I know, I have a whole <laughs> set of them, so. Those are all the Christmas ones. You leave your quads <laughs> in. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Gabriel, this is really cool. I'm so it's, proud it's of so you. Cool. I am Thank so you. really honored that you've chosen me to be your editor. Um, you. I'm having a great time with your work. I really enjoy it. And uh, I look forward to many, many more books with you in the future. Me too. I too. Thank you, I everybody, do. for coming. I appreciate Thank it. You. Have a great night. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.